Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee with Casey. This is the next generation of real estate, and we're getting off to a little bumpy start, but we'll get used to it. We'll get over the technical glitches. So today's going to be a very important show. We've got a lot of things to talk about. <clears throat> you know, it's funny. I was looking behind me, and there's a picture of a, a book that I wrote, and on the bottom of it, it says, it's what you know, it's what you learn after you know it all. And in the last three weeks, we've learned more than probably the first 30 years of being in real estate. So it's been an amazing three weeks. We're going to share that with you. So today we're going to bring in Billy Sampson, who's one of our key team members. We're going to bring in Mike Filan, who's our lender from First Heritage. <clears throat> we're going to look at a, a snapshot of the virus in our area. So our market area is Arlington County, Fairfax County, Loudoun County, Prince William County. I know what's going on around the world. Let's talk about what's going on in our county, how it's affecting us, what the safety protocol is that we've put in place, because it turns out we are essential personnel. So real estate, we never knew that, is essential. So we're doing our part and putting in a safety protocol that, um, you know, this, this safety protocol is very important because we want to keep our sellers and our buyers and our realtors safe. So we're going to look at our economy around here. How is it going to be affected? Um, what does our, uh, you know, what does our um, uh, employers, how are they going to be affected by this? <clears throat> then we're going to talk about how it's, the real estate market is changing and how, how has it changed? What are buyers and sellers doing? Can you still sell? Can you still buy? We'll get all that put together. And we're going to talk about those charts and then the mind blowing newest thing of all time. And, and I'm going to, you know, credit some people with this. Um, when a crisis happens, you know, you're surrounded by people and how they react and what they do and how they respond sometimes can be incredible. And the, I've always said, well, you take the old people, you put them together with the new people and you know, the old experienced people. And then you've got the, uh, you know, these, these young, brilliant minds. Um, uh, but it really showed this, this last couple of weeks. So Morgan refused to let me go to any more listing appointments. And uh, my daughter and Michelle, who's brilliant with uh, Zoom and knows all the technology and all that. So we put together the online presentations for sellers, which went off without a hitch. They were wonderful. So, you know, we really had a, uh, an incredible experience um, you know, an incredible experience with, with how it saved our time, how much clearer it made our, our listing presentations, how much beneficial it was to the seller. It was, it was really extremely powerful. So we're going to share all that with you today. Um, and we're going to talk about some new opportunities. So, so let's get started with all that good stuff. I want to welcome Billy Sampson, who you see up there, I hope. And Mike oh, Island, who you see up in the upper right-hand corner. Um, behind that Samson marketing is the, uh, the guru around here, which is, uh, Ethan Harris, who has done a wonderful job with Samson properties and kind of oversees a lot of this stuff. So, so let's, let's, let's start with, let's start with the virus itself. Now, this is a deadly son of a gun. This is very serious. This is nothing to turn our heads on, uh, you know. We are staying home. We are practicing social distancing. We're doing everything we're told times five. I'm 62 years old. I have asthma. I don't want to die. 
I'm good. You want me to wash my hands? I'll wash my hands. You want me to wear gloves? I'll wash gloves. You know, stay home and watch American Pickers. I'll stay home and watch American Pickers. I'm all good with that. So, you know, but, you know, what I am is I'm an analyst. I mean, basically, I'm an analyst. So let me get rid of this. And let's, let's just take a look at where we are. Let's take a look at where we are. Now, uh, I'm gonna ask Billy and Mike, can you see the, the presentation? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, so what everybody's seeing on Facebook is you have the people that are authenticating data are on the same screen with the data itself. So the combination of these two allow for a presentation that is really incredible. So whether you're a seller sitting at home and you're looking at pricing models and marketing strategies, or we're trying to get some thoughts across to a larger audience, this is a very, very powerful tool. So, so let's first take a look at the virus. And again, I'm a numbers guy and I'm not saying that this is not a serious, uh, serious virus and it's changing dynamically the way we do things. But in Arlington, I look at population, how many cases do they have? How many deaths have they had? What the cases per, uh, the cases are, you know, uh, for, for every case, there's it's one case in every 1,000 in Arlington. And on average, between Prince William, Fairfax County, Loudoun County, we've got 2.2 million people, 1,214 cases of the virus, six deaths. Now, statistics don't mean anything if you're one of the, if you're one of the six. And it's extremely serious what's going on. So don't take this chart as saying it's minimalizing what kind of safety risks we are at. But I mean, Mike has a daughter that, that you know, has immune it, you know, problems. She can't be exposed to anything. I can't be exposed to anything. You know, really, I mean, Morgan has, has her thing. So, so we gotta be really, really careful about this. But compared to New York, compared to Detroit, compared to Chicago, compared to LA, compared to some of the other areas of the country, the Northern Virginia market our exposure to the virus because of social distancing, maybe we caught it early, maybe we got our social distancing in before it hit our area, before it got too out of hand, but it seems that at this point, which is April the 9th, 2020, these are the exact stats I need to, I have to deal with. And, and let me just bring another thing up. You will hear on all of the um, briefings the term modeling. So they're saying we're modeling. We're modeling, if, if this is the input data, what does the output data tell us? Well, we've been modeling, price modeling, that's exactly what we do and what how we have been doing for years and years and years, really since Billy really got in with me, we model our prices for our houses. So, so you know, this is the statistical data that we're using or that we have for the chrono, coronavirus. And then when we look at, you know, what we're doing to make sure that the safety protocol, the social distancing, we can't stop, you know, we, we can't just stop because we're not, you know, as infected as some other areas. We take it extremely serious. So our original safety protocol was no weapons. You know, our prescription drugs are out of sight. Our jewelry is out of sight. Our locked away, our, our small electronics is out. So, so we have a safety protocol. But due to the virus, it's expanded. And I think all realtors are expanding to this is 
We're not doing open houses because that would bring too many people into the house. We are, we have no, we don't allow people to wear shoes in there. Not sure what they're tracking into the house. We wear gloves. We have gloves at every one of our listings. If they need to put on gloves, please put on the gloves. It's part of our safety protocol. There's no more than three people allowed in the house at, at one time. Um, our wife, you know, the, the two uh, buyers uh, and their realtor. Children are not invited in the house. I've never met a kid that's made a buying decision on a house. Now they may say, I like the bedroom, I like this house. Yeah, they pick but, their rooms. Yeah, they could go pick a room, but there are gonna be no children in that house. And the reason is, because they touch everything. They are gonna touch everything. And I love children, but they're carriers, man. They, they, <laughs> every One kid gets sick in a class, the whole class is sick, and then before you know it, they're bringing it home. So it's like us with our football team, right? One kid gets sick and then the whole team's sick. That's right, no more shaking hands, just yeah. bumps and that's it. So basically what we've done is we've turned our homes into no touch listings. So you just can't, touch anything in the house we're turning on all the lights we're leaving all the interior doors open you can do a visual inspection now let me be very clear on this a lot of people are talking about oh you need to do visual tours you need to do visual how you need to do virtual all this other stuff let me make this very very clear nobody's going to buy a house unless they can do a visual inspection of the house they need to see the space feature function layout the way the whole house works the upgrades of the house. So, um, you know, I know everybody's saying, well, let me see the virtual tour. Uh, and we're going to talk about that here in a few minutes. But a tour is done by a buyer, you know, a, a buyer with their realtor in the house, literally walking through that house. And this weekend case, uh, just boots on the ground. Um, I was out with a couple different groups of buyers. Um, you know, it's still very active out there. Uh, the overall traffic might be down, but the interested parties that go in are still writing contracts. Um, so I was out with three different groups. Um, you know, we didn't touch anything. We were wearing gloves. We had booties on. Um, some, uh, some listings, you know, we were taking our shoes off, but no one's touching anything. Uh, there's no overlapping um, appointments. So we're not in there with other people. Uh, at the vacant houses, you know, there's all the lights are on and, and there's no furniture. The ones that, that were furnished you know we were just you know had gloves on no one was touching anything um so people are still out looking for homes uh you know real estate market um by traffic you know uh and i know you're going to get to our um you know our current uh market update but i just wanted to let you guys know that you know we we battled against seven other contracts and one um at one property and um on another property uh we were the, the winning contract out of three so Things are still moving. Um, you know, we're being very safe out there. Uh, we're not touching things, but like you said, I mean, it's it's very important that um, that the you know gloves are on and no shoes and no overlapping um, appointments. You know, we're not coming in contact with with other buyers. So we're going to go over um, from the safety standpoint. Then we're going to touch on you know the market. And I've got Mike here. It's very important what's going on in the mortgage market right this second. Uh, we had to take some corrective action. You know, we had a missile coming at us this week. We took corrective action and saved a deal. But we need to talk about the mortgage market and the real estate market. The first thing I want to go to, though, is I want to just look at our area and its insulation to a recession or depression. And, you know, it's funny. We've always said, you know, if your neighbor loses their job, it's a recession. And if you use your job, lose your job, it's a depression, which is true. So 
you know, but what is our real exposure to all of this? Is the real estate community getting punched in the face? Is the mortgage banking community getting harmed? Is, what, what is the harm? So let's look at our top employers in this area. And basically our economy is based on, you got Booz Allen, Inova, Northrop Grumman, Deloitte. So you have, you know, government contractors, major healthcare uh, providers, um, consultants. I mean, Lidos does just cleared for billions of dollars of contracts. I know they were in dispute um, and they've just been cleared for billions of dollars of contracts. Um, good for our area. Uh, George Mason University is still a major employer and growing like a weed. So, so these don't even take into account the top two, which I think are most affecting is Amazon has come in and they've started their employment building. And with that, they brought in other different they brought in Apple, they bring in Microsoft. So a lot of people are trying to be around them. Contractors. Silicon, right. Silicon, the contractors, people that, that, that uh, work with Amazon. And of course, Capital One is building a 470 foot headquarters in Tyson's Corner. Yeah, so, I'm surprised Capital One's not on the top 10. I would have thought that, well, I guess they will um, as, the, as their building uh, becomes complete. Also, this doesn't take into account case the, uh, the federal government in D.C. that you know, everyone knows someone that works for the government, um, you know, the State Department, Defense. Um, so that's, you know, that's a huge employer as well. And the government's not going to be um, letting people go. Um, so that's still there um, in D.C. and and, uh, and Arlington. Yeah. Yeah. A very stable base, very stable base. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing this from an analytical side. I'm saying that our exposure is what it is. Our social distancing has got to stay in place. Our security measures for our safety protocols are in place, and it seems like everybody is following them. So, so, you know, what is our exposure to the virus? And once we get back open, are we going to be back open, or is this? Are we in for a long, hard road? I do not want to be overly optimistic, but in analyzing facts, these are the facts. So we'll see what goes on from there. And, and now I want to head over to the real estate market and to the mortgage market to find out how it's playing out in all of this. So first of all, are people putting their houses back on the market? Well, in you know those four counties that I mentioned, Arlington, uh, Fairfax, Loudoun, and Prince William, last year at this time in March, 1,880 houses were put on the market. This year, 1,796 houses were put on the market. So it's down about four and a half percent. So are people a little, uh, you know, less willing to put their house on the market because there may be some kind of a safety risk. Absolutely. Um, then I look at when a house goes on the market, Billy, we had about six examples this weekend where you had buyers that were going after houses. We had listings that were launching. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, four out of six are under contract and five out of six could potentially be on under contract by the end of the day. So what I look at is, is that buyer pool still ready, willing, and able to go after those homes once they hit on the market? So last year, 1,032 homes went under contract in their first 10 days. This year, 881. Is it a lot? Yes. And as much as last year, no. So but I, I think we can tell you this. I think this is what we surmised for the week from this weekend. 
there's not as many people out there, but the people that are out there are buying the house. So for every three people or for every, you know, six people that walk in, you're going to get three contracts. So um, if the home is well-priced, well-prepared, then the house is going under contract. Okay. And uh, we're going to talk about how we can use predictive analysis to tell a seller before you even go on the market, is this going to sell or is it not going to sell? But let's continue on looking at the real estate market right now. And um, this, this is the homes going on the market. These are the homes that went under contract in the first 10 days. So last year, Fairfax County, 54% of the homes went under contract in the first 10 days. Now it's 50. Okay. Well, Loudoun County was 59. Now it's 51. So these are all pretty big numbers. I mean, other than Arlington, which is taking a little bit of a dip, um, you know, and, and, and I think Arlington is, and again, we've had this discussion before, Arlington is denser than some of the less populated areas. So I think that has a more impactful thought of the buyers going out, going out and, and doing any interactions. So I think that may have more to do with it than anything. But, but if we look at this, still healthy, yeah. And, and it's funny, I'm gonna share, I'm gonna go personal here, uh, just one second. I had a friend of mine and he was very serious cancer and, and he, he, his wife asked me to go to the doctor with him because he didn't want to ask the doctor any questions. And I said, well, so I finally came out and I said, Hey doc, what's, what are our chances here? You know? And he said, I gave you 50, 50. And I looked at him and I said, yeah, we'll take that. We could take that. No problem. Didn't scare a bit. And I'll tell you why, because we don't want to be in the 50%. We're in the 1%. We're in the 2%. We want to we want to win and we want to win every time. So we're not looking to position ourselves as what is the rest of the crowd doing. We're gonna win. We're gonna sell, and we're gonna be in the top one or two or three percent, not in the top fifty percent. So, with all honesty, without trying to make him feel better, it's like yeah, we can take that. Yeah, because we're in the one or two percent. We're not in the we're on the fifty percentile. So that's just the mentality that you kind of have to have is you know, 50% going, well, ours is definitely going to be one of the 50% that goes under contract. So, but as an overall market, everything seems to be not as big as it was, but certainly stable. Now, this is an indicator that I look at that tells you whether you're in a buyer's market or a seller's market. So this chart says, by the way, again, a Zoom presentation is pretty powerful because you can bring up charts and graphs that otherwise would be very difficult to show people from a normal presentation. That's why these listing presentations are so powerful. So we're looking at Fairfax County. 53% of the houses on the market in Fairfax County are under contracts. What does that tell you? At 33%, we are at a neutral market. Anything over 33%, we are in a seller's market. When you get to 50%, you're dead on the seller's market because again, some houses are poorly priced, not staged well, and aren't gonna sell. But 53% is a big number to be under contract. 15 that's the percentage of homes that become active that go under contract case? Yes, these are, so 53% of the homes on the market in Fairfax County are under contract. And 59% of the homes in Loudoun County are under contract. So what that tells me is what this says it is is still a seller's market it's just a seller's market now billy 
you as a buyer and going out with buyers, instead of competing with 10, 12, 15 contracts, you're competing with three, four or five. So yeah, so we actually, yeah, I mean, we've seen, we've seen, um, you know, like I said before, we, we saw a slight dip in traffic, um, but you know, the contracts are still coming in. I uh, was out with um, Cameron and Kelly and we, uh, we put a contract in and, and they want a contract at a contract price that, you know, we think that if the, if, if COVID hadn't happened, um, they might not have been able to buy the home because, you know, there's, there's still contracts out there, but it's not as hyper um, active as it was in, in February and um, March. So, uh, you know, there are some, it slowed down just a hair, but I mean, we were still competing with, with eight contracts. So um, I think, you know, that it's a good time for buyers. If, if you guys are very serious, I mean, I'm taking two people out today, uh, two different groups out here uh, today. So if you are serious, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a good time to jump in. It's not as hyperactive as it was um, and hyper competitive as it was before. Just be um, careful. Just be careful. Practice good safety protocol. You know, yeah, of course. bring gloves. Don't wear shoes. Don't touch anything. Um, you can yeah, do we your visual hand sanitizer. Actually, uh, hand sanit uh, hand sanitizer with us. So you know, we're we're using that after we leave um, each yeah. property. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, we we have to be safe. We have to practice social distancing. Um, but yeah, I mean, the market's still uh, moving. Billy, are you finding that when you go into all these houses, are they practicing the safety protocol? Do they have all doors yeah. open, all lights on, no touch listings? Yeah, and, and a couple of the houses that we went into actually had a COVID addendum that we had to sign before showing the home. Uh, yeah. You know, that we hadn't shown any symptoms. We weren't around anyone that, um, you know, had been in um, for, for, from outside the country in the last 90 days, um, you know, that we wouldn't touch anything. So there's, there's addendums that, that brokers are using now, um, you know, that are just being very cautious that, uh, you know, you're not bringing I agree with any. Them. Um, I agree with them. I, I think yeah. that, uh, you know, that just, that just makes good sense, you know. But I will say this, that for the sellers, by only having six or eight people in your house and not letting them touch anything, that we can pretty easily get a listing out, launch it, get everybody online and, and take a look at it. So yeah, another thing, another thing that, uh, that one um, that one listing is doing that uh, Mike actually helped me with last night is they actually uh, want to see your pre-approval letter before you even go in the house, you know, just to make sure that you are, uh, you know, very serious, not just letting anyone in the home. That you know, it's another way that you know people are practicing the the safety uh, protocol. And to be honest with you, Billy, any any realtor that that has a buyer in their car that doesn't have a pre-approval letter shouldn't be showing them listings. I mean, that's the first thing. Any one of our buyers goes and sees Mike Filan before they, they talk to us about buying a house. So let's switch over now. Let's talk about the mortgage market because this has a huge impact on real estate. So, so currently, our stats are showing that homes are going on the market. They're getting sold relatively the same, if a little bit less, but about the same speed. Now let's talk about the financing. What changes have there been in financing in the last two, three weeks? Sure. Um, well, some of the things have been tightening up just a little bit. I mean, there have been additional precautions that are being taken by lenders, um, you know, to make sure, for example, that somebody is still employed. Um, the verification of employments have moved from being 10 days before closing to being three days before closing now. Um, you know, for most of the loan programs, 
Um, they're still functioning as they were before. There are some tightening of guidelines just slightly in debt ratios on some programs or um, minimum credit scores on a couple of programs have, have, uh, have raised slightly. Government loans, FHA and VA, have the, have the lowest credit ratings been increased? It, they have. Yeah, so for, for most of those, it's kind of gone up from like a 620 credit score to a 640. Um, but overall, everything is, is functioning well. Okay, all right. Now, the and also to, to touch on what Billy was saying earlier uh, with people still being out there buying, just in the last two weeks, I've really gotten a lot of phone calls um, from people that have been on the sidelines for a little while and, and are seeing this as a great opportunity with rates being as low as they are and, and maybe not having to compete with as many people for a contract. Uh, there seem to be a lot of buyers that are starting to come out of the woodwork. Right. Let's, let me hit it. Let's touch on one other thing with the financing this week. So we had a settlement and our buyer owned a bunch of restaurants. Um, and obviously the restaurants have been shuttered. Um, so he, the lender would not allow him to buy the house. They turned down the financing. So this is more alternative financing, right, Mike, that, that now there are different programs, maybe in very flexible times, you can whip them into another program, but there were no programs for this person. I'll talk about how we handled it in a minute. Where do you see the alt financing programs right now? Have they been wiped out? Are they just waiting for guidelines? I mean, are we in just a one month sabbatical of alternative financing programs? Um, a lot of them have been put on pause, really. Um, you know, I think there's certainly a concern as to make sure that um, people have continuous employment and they have continuous income coming in. Right. You know, for somebody that has restaurants or for somebody like a hairdresser or something that um, might not be working right now, there is increased concern for those type of people being able to purchase a property. Now, if you're under contract and you're getting ready to go to settlement and you have a person that owns restaurants or, or retail stores that have been shut down and they've been furloughed or laid off and it's only a temporary issue, there is an alternative that you can go to. And we just pulled one off on one of our listings. So once the lender refused the financing for the buyer, the sellers were in a position where the sellers could hold the first trust on the property. So we're still going to settlement, but instead of the bank being the first trust lender, the sellers are the first trust lenders, and they're just holding the paper. Now, what does that mean for them? They have a secured document against the property. They have a promissory note in the deed of trust. They'll receive monthly income for the principal that they've not received yet. So, so instead of taking cash, putting it in the bank and getting 1% or a half a percent, they're getting 4% for their money and they'll get monthly payments. So this seller held financing on the time of low interest rates and flexible financing is not something that anybody's had to turn to. I mean, this is a 1980s and 1990s thing, but if we need to make a deal work, if we need to make it happen, these first trusts are only gonna be temporary. As soon as his restaurants are up or going, he can refinance them out and pay them off. But to get him in the house that he and his wife want, his family want, to get the sellers out of the house that they wanted to sell and moving on with their life and having an income stream because now they're retiring. So it was really a win-win for all parties and it's something you should consider. 
Um, you know, I can't get involved in everybody's deals, but you know, I can certainly uh, put you in touch with attorneys and people and settlement companies. Cardinal Title is helping us prepare the deed of trust and the promissory note, but fairly simple process to do of having them hold the note. In fact, no offense, Mike, but it's easier uh, paperwork when you have a, a seller holding a note. There's just- Absolutely. <laughs> we don't have a stack of papers for the That's lender right. because you guys have to sell it, but they're actually going to hold it. So, mm -hmm. so anyways, seller held mortgages, whether it's a second trust behind a first trust or the whole first trust, um, there are people that have a lot of cash. They're out of the stock market. They're parking it. They wouldn't mind parking it somewhere for a few months or years. So uh, anyways, that kind of stuff is out here.